morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Blessed Lord's Day to all of you. You know, when we started this ECQ last March, we were hoping that we can gather again by June. But now it is already August, and it seems that um, we still won't be able to gather together even in the near future. And um, we are praying that all of you are doing okay and are keeping safe. And we hope that we are taking every opportunity to show our Christian love for one another in different ways, especially during these trying times. Because this is what our Lord wants us to do. And this is how we can give glory to his name, even when we are stuck at home, when we love one another. And this is what we are going to be reminded of today in our passage. For the past few weeks, we have been learning about Jesus through the different signs that Jesus displayed to the people, we learned that what he can do and what he's capable of. Through the, his different claims about himself, we get to know more about who our Savior really is. He is the living water. He is the bread of life. He is the great shepherd. He is the door. He is the resurrection and the life. No, John recorded all of these and more in the first part of his gospel, the book of signs, to prove to us that Jesus is indeed the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. And today we will jump into the second part of John's gospel, the book of glory. Now why is it called the book of glory? It is because when Jesus, what Jesus came here on earth to do will give glory to himself and to his Father in heaven. So now, let us open our Bibles to John chapter 13. We'll be reading from verse 31 to 35. John chapter 13. Let us read about it all together. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify in him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children... Yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. May God bless the reading of his word. Our passage today is an important turning point in the gospel of John. The event that just transpired triggered the events that are about to happen. Judas Iscariot has just left the room to betray his master. And this starts a chain of events that will lead to Jesus' arrest, trial, crucifixion, and death. And that's why Jesus said, now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. Why will he be glorified in death? Because he is willingly going to give his life for the forgiveness of sins, which will ultimately lead to his resurrection. But for all of these to happen, he will have to leave his disciples. That is why he then said to them in John chapter 13, verse 33, Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now 
I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. And so what comes next is that Jesus is going to give them his final instructions, a farewell speech. And at the heart of what their master wants them to do is this new commandment here in verse 34. Let's look at it together. A new command I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. Now, to love is not really a new command, but it is actually the, a fresh take on how we should love. You know, this new command takes it, its point of departure from the Old Testament, from the Mosaic commands to love the Lord with all of one's power and to love one's neighbor as oneself. But Jesus' own love and teaching deepened and transformed these commands. The command to love one's neighbor is not new. The newness is found in loving one another just as Jesus has loved his disciples. Jesus loved his disciples. And with the same love Jesus gave them, they should also love others the same way. You see, the disciples were discipled in love. They were discipled in love to love one another the same way. This was Jesus' final instruction to his beloved disciples. And this love is the distinguishing mark of what a true disciple of Jesus is. And we today should be the true disciples of Jesus. And so this command is actually passed on to us to love our Lord, to love like our Lord loved us. And this is the big idea of our Lord and the big idea of what John wants to tell us in our passage today, to love like our Lord loved us. You know, when I was in high school, there was a wrist strap that uh, so many people were wearing. It, was a simp it, was a, it has a, a simple design, different colors, with the letters WWJD, which stands for, what would Jesus do? You know, I didn't understand the significance of this statement before, by, but I wore it because it was cool. Everybody was wearing one. But now, I understand what WWJD is all about. WWJD, or what would Jesus do, is what true discipleship is all about. True discipleship is to think, what would Jesus do in a specific situation that we are in right now? What would Jesus do? How would Jesus react? And after thinking of what would Jesus do, then we do it. We obey. Now, how should we love today? We should love the way Jesus loved us. To love like our Lord loved us. And this is the question we are going to answer today. How did Jesus love his disciples? How did Jesus love his disciples? And as we learn how Jesus loved his disciples, how our Lord loved us, then we can have some ideas how can we love one another today. And so to do this, we'll be going out of our passage and looking on the surrounding passages in John chapter 13. So please do keep your Bibles open with me to John chapter 13 as we try to find out how Jesus discipled his disciples in love. The first place we'll be looking at is at the beginning of chapter 13. 
where our Lord took the role of a servant and watch, washed his disciples' feet. Why did he do it? Let's look at John chapter 13, verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, feast of the Passover when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And Jesus rose from supper, he laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. For those among us who haven't heard this story yet, this might sound unusual to you. Someone washing your feet? Does anybody do that? But actually, during the time of Jesus, this was common practice. The thing about feet back then was that people didn't wear shoes. They only wore sandals. And you might think, what's the big deal? We still wear sandals today, right? But you know, when we wear sandals and go outside, and when we get home, what do we find? Our feet are still dirty, tamaba. And the big difference during our, with our time and Jesus' time was the streets in Jesus' days were dirtier. And I don't mean just dusty dirty. I mean stinky dirty. Can you just imagine yourself uh, there with all of the cows and sheeps, goats and horses everywhere on the road, and the things they left behind there on the road? You can just imagine the stuff on the street that ends up in your feet. Yuck, right? But to show his love for his disciples, even though Jesus was supposed to be the guest of honor, he took on the role of the lowliest servant and washed his disciples' feet. The kind of love that Jesus showed here is a love that is evident through service. A love that is evident through service. You see, this task was usually reserved for a non-Jewish slave, an outsider, the lowest of the low. And yet, Jesus, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, humbled himself and served his disciples by washing their feet to show his love for them. Now I ask you, can you imagine the God of the universe kneeling down and washing your feet? Would you let him do it? And yet, he did. To show his love for his disciples and for us. And he served. Jesus served in many other ways. He went to the poorest of poor. He healed them. He fed them. He was with them. He cared for them. That was his service. And just as Jesus served us, our love for one another, another must be evident also through our service to one another another. If we are to love like our Lord loved us, we must serve one another. This is what Jesus wants us to do. In verse four, chapter 13, verse 14 to 15, Jesus said, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. You know, I have experienced this kind of love in our church lately. Last year, my family decided to rent an apartment here in Binondo. 
And so when many people from our church found out, so many of our leaders and our members assisted us in our move. They provided us with manpower, provided us with help, offering us what we need. You know, they don't have to do it, and yet they did it anyways, out of service, out of love. That is a love that is evident through service. And this is how Jesus loved his disciples. And this is how we can love like our Lord loved us. How can we love that is evident through service even in the midst of COVID-19? You know, it could be as simple as cooking extra portion of food at home and sending it to others. You can send it to the hospitals, to our frontliners, to our sick members, to our elderlies who are living alone at home. You know, we have so many elders, er, elderlies here in, in the community who are living alone. You know, we can send them food to prevent them from going out to buy food. That could be our service. It could be as simple as supporting each other's business, promoting each other's or promoting them in social media. You know, during this COVID-19, so many businesses have suffered, so many have lost their jobs, and they're trying to live through, this, uh, through selling food and, uh, and other stuff through the internet. How can we serve them? We can serve them by buying from them. We can serve them by supporting their business, or maybe as simple as just passing on, uh, uh, posting it on Facebook so that other peoples can avail, so that they can earn a living. It could be as simple as calling each other on the phone and praying for them and with them. You know, during this COVID-19, there are so many people who are lonely, so many people who are trapped at homes, feeling um, con uh, anxious, afraid all the time. Our service could be as simple as calling them, kamusta, and then praying with them. You know, many times when we pray, God really gives that courage in our hearts and those, for the hearts of those you pray for. And so, you know, these are simple ways to love like our Lord loved us. A love that is evident through service. You know, if you have more ideas to how to love by serving, maybe you can share it to us, share it to your small group, or maybe you can share it in the comment sections below. I'm sure you know and have done this serving others in better ways. Share it with us so that we can do it the same to others. So that we can better love like our Lord loved us. And together, we can have a love that is evident through service. You know, indeed, Jesus showed his love through service by washing his disciples' feet. But that's not the only thing. He wanted them to learn about his love. That's not the only thing he wanted them to learn about his love. Washing their feet is a way for him to symbolize another aspect of his love for them. And that is a love that deals with sin. A love that deals with sin. Look at your Bibles in verse te uh, chapter 13, verse 7 to 10. Jesus answered him, What am I doing? Uh, what I am doing, you do not understand now. But afterward, you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash your feet, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And then Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not every one of you. 
By washing his disciples' feet, Jesus was not only setting an example of humility and servanthood, but also signifying the washing away of their sins through his death. Jesus was serious about sin. He teaches his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount that if your eyes cause you to sin, gouge it out. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Of course, this was all a figure of speech for Jesus to point up. But the point Jesus is making here is that sin can destroy you. And sin will destroy you. But what he did instead, instead of us needing to cut off our arms, gouge out our eyes, he gave his life to deal with our sins. To give us a new life that empowers us to overpower our sinful nature. No, Paul teaches us the same thing about love that deals with sin. In Romans 12 verse 9, Paul says, Let love be genuine, abhor, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 6, In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 6, he says, Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. You see, the love that Jesus showed his disciples is a love that deals with sin. But you know, sadly, our world has its own definition of love. Our world promotes a love that accepts sin and even celebrates it. I'm sure you know what I mean. And sadly, many Christians and churches adhere to this kind of love, thinking that is how Jesus wants us to love, a love that turns a blind eye on sin. But you know, brothers and sisters, Jesus, our master, is clear. He said he did not come to abolish God's law. He came to fulfill it. And he came to take away the sins of the world. And that's why Paul asked, are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? He said, no way, by no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Brothers and sisters, love is not love if it tolerates sin. Love is not love if it tolerates sin. Because we know that sin destroys and who wants their friend, who would want their friend, their brother, their sister, their children to be destroyed? No one. But you see, Jesus came to destroy sin, to forgive sin, and to give us new life free from the hold of sin. That is the love that he showed his disciples, a love that deals with sin. How can we practice love that deals with sin? You know, I'm not an expert on this, but here are some basics that I thought about. How can we love that deals with sin? Number one, don't condemn, care for them. Don't condemn, care for them. Let us not condemn nor scare them. Let's not condemn people who sin because we also are sinners. Instead, show them that we care. We must befriend sinners just like Jesus befriended us, sinners. Show them that we care for them. You see, because people don't care what we know, 
but they care that we care. So don't condemn, don't avoid them, care for them, pray for them, and pray with them. Don't condemn, care for them. Second thing we can do, don't tolerate, teach instead. Don't tolerate, but teach instead. You see, when we care, let us be careful not to support their sinning. Instead, find every opportunity to teach them how their sin is harmful to them. That's how we can care for them, how we can love them, that the, the, how can we can love that deals with sin, how we can love, how we can deal with sin in a loving way. By not tolerating, instead, we teach. The third one is, don't point at them. Point them to Christ. Don't point at them. Point them to Christ. You know, when we point at them, parang pinapagalitan natin sila. We're policing them. You know, don't try to change their ways by controlling and policing them. Instead, point them to the one who can bring true transformation. And that is our Lord Jesus Christ. Remind them of who Jesus is. Remind them of Jesus' love for them. No, these are some ways to love that deals with sin. If you know some more ways, again, you can share it to us. Brothers and sisters, let us not love like the world loves. Let us love like our Lord loved us. A love that deals with sin. So, so far, we have learned that Jesus, Jesus' love for his disciples was a love that is evident through service and a love that deals with sin. You know, to do this, Jesus displayed his ultimate act of love by submitting himself to the shame, to the pain, to the destruction of the cross. That was the moment where the love of Jesus for his disciples shined the most. When he made the ultimate sacrifice and gave his life for his disciples, both then and now. You see, Jesus' love for his disciples is a love that is sacrificial. Jesus' love for his disciples is a love that is sacrificial. Jesus told his disciples in John 15 verse 13, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And you know that is what Jesus did. He laid his life for his friends, his disciples, his disciples who disappeared when they arrested him, his disciple who denied him three times. He gave his life not only to his disciples back then, but also for those who will receive him today, his enemies, outsiders, murderers, prostitutes, sinners like us. Jesus gave his life as a sacrifice to show his love for all of us. In Romans 5 verse 8, Paul tells us, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, Jesus' love for his disciples and Jesus' love for us is a love that is sacrificial. How can I better describe a love that is sacrificial? A love that is sacrificial is to love even though you have something to lose. To love even though you have something to lose. And for many of us, this is not easy. 
It's not easy. It's easy to show love when it's convenient, when you have extra money or extra time. But when you have to carve out time from your very busy schedule, or you have to take out money from your very tight budget, we would think twice, tamaba. We would think thrice until we convince ourselves, ah, hindi ko kaya. Until we convince ourselves, oh, it's not worth it. But you know, Jesus did not weigh whether his disciples were worth dying for. Jesus did not take one look at us to see if we are worth dying for. Because let me tell you now, we are not. We are sinners. We are enemies of God. We were enemies of God. And yet, he still gave his life for us. God's unconditional love for us led him to give his only son for us as a sacrifice, as payment for our sin. And that, brothers and sisters, is a love that is sacrificial. You know, I remember my, when my mom had cancer for the first time. I was still in high school back then. And um, many of us know how hard it is to go through chemotherapy. You know, the body pain, the burning feeling on the skin, siya sabi nila. The nausea, laging naihilo, constant vomiting. But you know, you know, despite all these horrid side effects, my mom still tried her best to drive me and my sister to school then go to work just to keep our family afloat. That is sacrificial love. And I cherish that sacrificial love my mom gave me and my sister. And seeing her sacrificial love for us helped me to better understand and appreciate God's sacrificial love for me. I know it is hard to love someone sacrificially, and yet Jesus loved us sacrificially. And he wants us to love each other sacrificially as well. Now, how can we do this? Here are some things I thought of to practice sacrificial love. Forgiving others. Forgiving others. Forgiving is an act of love. And even though forgiveness actually benefits us, many of us find it hard to, to, to forgive. It's not something easy for many of us to do. And yet, with all our sins, God still chose to forgive us. And so even though we have this pride in us, we need to forgive each other. That's one way we love sacrificially. Another way I thought of, of how we can love sacrificially is maybe we can cancel the debts of others to us. Of course, this does not apply when it will only lead the person to sin. But to those who are honestly just trying to keep up with life, to provide for their family, you know, canceling their debt to us is a good way to show sacrificial love. And it goes a long way to them. Something that we can consider. How can we love sacrificially? Give sacrificially. You know, in this time of COVID-19, nothing is certain. Nothing is certain. Our jobs, our business, our savings, it can all go down the drain. But despite all these risks, Jesus wants us to love sacrificially through giving. 
especially those who are in immediate and dire need, who has piling hospital bills to those who has lost their jobs. I know all of us are at risk, but that's what makes giving sacrificial. And Jesus wants us to give sacrificially to help each other. These are some of the ways we can love like our Lord loved us. A love that is sacrificial. Now, let's review how do we love like our Lord loved us. To love that is evident through service. Love that deals with sin. And a love that is sacrificial. This is how, these are ways on how we can love like our Lord loved us. But we all know that this is easier said than done. This kind of love cannot be done by our own willpower. I don't believe anyone is capable to love in such great capacity except our Lord Jesus. But you see, our love, our Lord does not expect us to do that. He does not command us to love others using our own effort. He wants us to love just as he has loved us. You see, to love like our Lord loved us is a love that abides in him. A love that abides in the Son. Jesus tells his disciples in John chapter 15, verse 9 to 10, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. If we are to successfully, successfully love like our Lord loved us, we need to abide in him. And John explains this further in his epistle in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 to 17. He says, So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us. Verse 19, he says, We love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. It's not easy to love like our Lord. In fact, with our own efforts and capacity to love, it is impossible. So in order to love like our Lord, we need to abide in the love of our Lord. In order to love like our Lord, we need to abide in the love of our Lord. And how, do we have, how can we have a love that abides in the Son? How do we abide in Him? Number one, receive his love. Receive the love of Jesus in your life. If you haven't experienced the love of Jesus in your life, then you haven't experienced God's love for you. And you, it, it will be very hard for you to love as Jesus did. When you accept Jesus in your life and experience his forgiveness and his extravagant love shown to us through the cross, not only will you have eternal life, but you will have a new life. A new life that has a power over sin. A new life that has power to love like our Lord loved us. So if you haven't received Jesus Christ yet, what are you waiting for? Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, for our sins, so that we may have life in him. And that the proof 
that all of that happened is that Jesus Christ resurrected on the third day. The proof that we can have life in him. So, receive the love of Jesus in your life. If you have already, if you have a Jesus in your life already, how can you continue to abide in his love? Continually walk with him through your quiet time. Spend time with him. Read about Jesus in the Bible. As you get to know Jesus in the Bible, the know, the, 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 the more you would appreciate his great love for you. The more you are reminded, despite everything that is happening around us, we are reminded that Jesus gave his life for us. And the more you appreciate and remind, are reminded of his love for you, the more we can love others like our Lord loved us. A love that is evident through service, a love that deals with sin, a love that is sacrificial, a love that abides in the Son are the ways we can love just as our Lord loved us. And as his disciples today, we should remember that Jesus did it to us so that we can also love one another the same way. To love like our Lord loved us. And when we do this, Jesus tells his disciples that the world, the people around us will know that we are his disciples. And more will also come to know the love of our Lord. That is what the church did from the very beginning in Acts. They love one another just as Christ their Lord loved them. And God added to their number daily. And now, millions and billions of people have experienced the love of Jesus. And that includes us. And indeed, our Lord is glorified. So brothers and sisters, let us love like our Lord loved us. So that the world will know who Jesus is. And that the world will know that we are his disciples. Shall we pray? Father, indeed, we are not deserving of the love that you have showed us. We are not deserving of you washing our feet. We are not deserving of you dying on the cross for us. And yet you did. To show your love for us. So that we might also show that type of love to others. To one another and to the world. Lord, teach us and mold us to have a love that is evident through service. Lord, help us not to look at ourselves more highly than others, but help us to humble down ourselves and serve one another, just as you, our King, served us. And Lord, teach us, Lord, to love that deals with sin. Help us not to turn a blind eye from, blind eye from sin. Instead, help us to help others. Get away from the trap of sin. Help us to lead them and point them to Jesus, the God who will transform them. Tell them that, help us to tell them and teach them that sin destroys, but Jesus saved. Lord, help us to love sacrificially, even though it's hard. Even though we have something to lose, teach us to give, to forgive, just as you have forgiven us and loved us sacrificially. And Lord, we are reminded today that we can never do all of these things without us abiding in your love. So teach us every day to come before you, 
remind ourselves how great a love you have for us so that we might be able to love one another as well, to love like our Lord loved us. This is our prayer, especially in this trying and difficult times. Help us, Lord, to love one another just as Jesus, our Lord, our King, our Savior loved us. In his name we pray. Amen and amen.